this is height drop. That's a uh, that's a makeshift rendition of uh, our new intro. Um, I'm probably gonna not ever do that again because I just made it up. But I hope you guys like that. And if you want to actually submit an intro, I think the podcast could use one, an introduction that's consistent um, for the listeners. So you know, shout out your ideas, get at me at the hotline, or just send your your actual submissions to hydrop at gmail.com. Um, on this episode, we are talking about. This eighth episode, thank you guys all for listening to this eighth episode, and uh, on this one we have Max Henry, A again, he's our repeat guest, so we not our first time with this brother man, brother man of mine, um, one of the longest practicing American free owners, most influential, he's got a book out called The Parkour Roadmap, he's writing more books, he's doing gnarly challenges, trying to set new routes and new ideas in the, the culture of parkour, but he's also a an advocate for the community and in, in, in other ways. And uh, on, on this particular occasion, I think Max actually brought this to my attention. He wanted to sit down and, and have this conversation. We're going to be talking about the Olympic interest in parkour, IOC. That's the International Olympic Committee for you peons out there uh, that don't know what's up. But um, the, uh, the IBF, the FIG, like all these, all these, organizations um that were involved in this olympic interest and all the ones that are you know parkour earth some of these things there's lots of lots of voices in the community lots of factions that have certain feelings about it and other people that maybe aren't in any of these factions so i think max really wanted to bring certain ideas and counterpoints and more nuance to this conversation so i appreciate him wanting to do that and i hope you guys will benefit from it either you know hope helping navigate your own thoughts on the matter or being more informed or what have you. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. It's, it's definitely, um, an important topic for us as a community. However, you know, not, not necessarily, um, an expert on this. And as you'll say, we, we kind of preface the whole episode with that, just saying this is sort of a, uh, uh, a discussion that's aimed at just getting more discussion going more than us, like trying to, um, tell anyone how to think or feel about this matter, you know. So I hope you guys understand that, and I hope you guys enjoy and and get a lot out of this episode and participate in this conversation more if you care about it. Um, I appreciate Max bringing it to the table, and I appreciate his thoughts on the matter. I definitely wouldn't have sat down and and thought about it for this long without him. Um, and I I wouldn't have been able to get even my own thoughts sorted out as well. So I think you guys will enjoy it. I think especially some of the guys that people in this that might be listening that care about it will have something to say um back to us and we appreciate you guys you know calling the hotline if you really want to keep this discussion discussion going i hope you guys will call the hotline with your thoughts on on the material and um and keep it going and and share the podcast if, if you think this episode is valuable to you you know let people know um without without further ado again this is max henry and i talking about some of the biggest issues that our sport, our culture, our community has ever faced. So here goes. High Drop, Episode 8. Enjoy. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the most serious episode of High Drop that has ever been recorded. The eighth episode. It's serious. So uh, get you ready. said the eighth episode like it was going to just be like 
That's why it's serious. This is the eighth wonder of the world. It is, man. This is. Eight. We're going eight. Eight's one of my favorite numbers. I don't know why. We're going eight shit. We're going eight (laughs) shit on this episode of Height Drop. I'm sitting down with Max Henry. Knox's ass is out. He's trying to distract us right now. We're recording here in the Maxwell. Knox's hairy ass is out, but he's going upstairs now. Um, Should we restart that? No, no, no. We're keeping it. We're keeping it. It's all natural. Because you know what? Knox needs the attention. All right. <laughs> That's why he did it. That's why he did it. We're going to give it to him. Everyone follow him on uh, Instagram because he pulls his ass out. <laughs> if you really want to see it, he'll probably do it on Instagram one day, too. Um, it's it's pretty round and juicy. I'd okay. give it to him. Anyhow. Damn it. Damn it. It was supposed to be the serious episode. <laughs> we already kind of blew it. <laughs> We've but, already blown it. But it doesn't matter, okay, because we are going to get serious now, for real. Um, we actually have really interesting and uh fun thing to talk about today we're gonna do i don't know let me yeah let me hand it off to max real quick if you don't know who max is he's our second our second repeat guest of the high drop podcast nice. it's good to have you back on man so soon too good to be back very soon yeah we just caught up with him again we were in florida and now we both found ourselves in my homeland yeah here colorado. in colorado um yeah i don't know it is a serious i hope it's interesting and fun i guess this is a topic that might be kind of not fun for a lot of people to talk about. I think it's something that people are really passionate about. And maybe um, I think some people are really, really well informed on like one aspect of it. And then other people maybe are just not informed at all other than what they've kind of read on Facebook. So it'll be interesting to talk it over and just kind of like give, I don't even know if we're giving our perspectives per se, just kind of, I think it's just like talking through a big issue in parkour right now and seeing kind of what comes out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm I'm just, we're just trying to, to at least be brave enough to like, try it out, you know? Yeah. You know, that's all I'm here to do. That's a lot of what this podcast is, is, like, trying to not be too embarrassed to, like, say what's on my mind. And it can be tender in the community. Yeah. It's a tender community. We're a little bit sensitive as a community. <laughs> I'm a sensitive guy, so I understand that. But I think that, like, it's important, like you're saying, to have these conversations, to hash them out. I hope you guys, like, appreciate it. If you don't know already, I probably have it in the title just because I want people to know. We're going to be talking about FIG what's happening with parkour in the Olympics and just the kind of context of it all. And yeah. like, you know, Max, I was so stoked that he wanted to bring this up. Um, yeah. I think it's cool because uh, I've kind of been, I've been able to talk to people that are on both sides of this issue, I guess, like both of the kind of polarized sides and seeing that most of the people I've talked to are kind of in the middle where they're like, Oh, I mean, I, in Olympics would be cool. I don't, I don't want it to be gymnastics, but ultimately like I kind of just want to train and so I think it's yeah. It's what are the sides like? Like 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 we're, we're we have even a, a small outline, which is rare for this show. But we have <laughs> an actual like outline. Usually I have like five shitty bullet points. This is actually a legitimate like sort of plan. And we wanted to at least first. What what's the kind of situation? You know, like yeah. What are the you know? We talked about you said positions. Well, let's but, talk like, about where are we even at? I mean, I think that for we people can that start, don't know. Yeah, I think we can start with. Um, outlining i mean if you feel comfortable outlining apex's involvement initially because really what started it was uh was last year correct like the apex international Mm -hmm. and it was going to be with fies and then everybody found fees the french pronunciation come on man don't try to say french words (laughs) in my home don't you know that i'm uh 25 percent french dude literally every country or like the heritage you're like oh by the way i'm like 20 percent i am Peruvian. i am I'm the world's <laughs> most mutt human being i am from all parts of the world i'm every man well 
either way, I think that uh, at fees, right, it was going to be involved. And then uh, a bunch of people were like really freaked out because and Apex got a lot of flack for being involved yeah. at, at basically what people kind of perceived as as parkour selling out to <clears throat> the Olympics and to gymnastics. Um, and then there was like a big boycott and you were directly involved. In yeah, that. I was definitely like I was definitely caught in the middle of it. It felt like, you know, like personally, I, you know, was brought into that conversation, obviously working with Apex who had been working with these guys and, you know, actually don't know how much I can say because there is, um, yeah, it, I mean, first you have of to all, keep it professional. First you don't of all, I have to like keep it professional. Second of all, like I actually am not like the best resource for this. I, I am there to help those guys figure out everything more than I was like there to negotiate yeah. directly with anyone from the IOC or with FIG or any of these organizations. And as close as I was to, to the situation, um, I think, I don't. I want to be really careful not to put words in anyone's mouth, and also be really careful not to paint the wrong picture. Yeah. But all that said, like my personal, there's, there's a very personal like experience in, in involving with this. Is with the Olympics, they were interested in parkour, and we were starting to like maybe be working with them, and there was going to be kind of this tester event that we were potentially going to be holding for them. Like the Apex was mm-hmm. that was that was all our involvement really was was yeah. we were going to potentially or just throw on like a sort of exhibition event to see if the Olympics like the format, if they, I don't, I don't know exactly like who was involved. You know, we or had, a, we had, we had a contact that was like mediating between us and like the, the big wigs in, in that situation. And we had other contacts like, um, with jump yeah. on and, and some and other, there was they, other players involved in did Europe. They, they stayed involved, right? I think, I think they, they did. They yeah. Stayed all the way through in like the obstacle. I believe. Yeah. I believe that's that. Yeah. I believe which they is did. funny because like, I know apex got a lot of flack and yeah. jump kind of like avoided that, which I'm fine. Like I love Philip. I stayed with him in the Netherlands mm-hmm. and jump. I think they're doing awesome things for the community. And I think that's going to be kind of a theme. Like, because I've had, basically personal experiences with every single organization that's been involved yeah. with the exception of like David and Charles and movement and, um, yeah. and with like fig obviously, but on the parkour side, I feel like I've had like personal relationships with pretty much everybody. And that's kind of helped me see to some extent, like where everybody's best intentions are. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, obviously with apex, when I found out about it, because I, I found out about right before I came out here for the store, uh event yeah and i remember being here right when that whole thing was kind of falling down and kind of having some conversations with you and amos and ryan and just like i remember ryan at one point she's like god like this is like not like obviously no one wants to be remembered in parkour for like selling out the sport especially when Mm -hmm. you put so much work into legitimizing it the way that apex and parkour edu have yeah Um, yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah and it's 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 odd because again like i think this whole conversation should be almost uh, which I say, framed by the fact that like ultimately I was, I don't really like, you know, my, my, my appreciation, my love for the sport is it is for it as an art form more than anything. Mm-hmm. Like I love the art form of it. I love, you know, the things I love the most are what people, how people express themselves artistically through their, through their movement and through their videos and like the choices they make as filmmakers and as athletes, yeah. not necessarily as competitors. Although I also have a great appreciation for competition and obviously it's been instrumental in making me who I am, not just in parkour, but just as a person. So I'm all about all these things, but I never have been super heavily invested in making parkour a thing in the Olympics. So when it, when it was a possibility, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and especially that we could be potentially be involved. But I've never, I've actually always like thought that the Olympics was kind of like, 
I knew that, like, at least in America, a lot of Olympic athletes don't really have a great, you know, yeah. I, I never wanted our sport to end in the Olympics because I was like, that sucks for at least American athletes. I know there's other places in the world where you actually get lots of stipends or you get, yeah. it's like a really good opportunity. There's lots of money that makes it so, you know, for me, it's the money like a is a thing because like device. I want <laughs> I want people to be able to do what they want to do with their lives. I want people who love to practice parkour would be able to practice it in the way they want to without having to actually like again like sell out in a way and like all right well if you want to do parkour you have to do this Olympic version of it, you know. So mm-hmm. ultimately I think it's a good opportunity but I want people to be able to express themselves 100%. However, I know that some people will be able to you know, some people express themselves best through competition or like as a competitive athlete. And I'm all for that. But when the, when the backlash came out, because, you know, we were, we were blindsided as well by some of this stuff. Like fig was super shady in their dealings. And like, they obviously, they do these things all the time. They know how to manipulate and they know how to leak or just, just play both sides of the coin just enough. You know, they're, they're good negotiators. I think, you know, what has always been a problem for us as a community is because we're so new, the people that are in it right now, we, we're here because we love movement. We're not here because we love business or politics or negotiating or any of that. So we, you know, in some ways, like we're outclassed, you know, yeah. we're, we're not, you know, like not outclassed, but they obviously they know what they're doing. They're doing, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the IOC, like these people know what they're doing. They know how to business and they know how it works. They're smooth. They're savvy <laughs> bitches. Um, so, so not only did short. long story short, yeah, I'm like I'm rambling on here. I don't know exactly what you want to know, but basically, you know, I mean, I there was huge. Yeah. I didn't know what was going on, and then all of a sudden there was this huge uproar about the figs' involvement, and and again, since I'm not invested, especially because all my all my friends are telling me like, oh, this is the reason why it's bad, and this is you know, and I'm like, yeah, shit, you're right. Like I don't want parkour to be. In, in the Olympics, yeah. as, as like a some as a, as a gymnastic event, and I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not, and it's because of the shady things that are happening behind the scenes too. I was like, yeah, I for sure, don't trust what's yeah. happening with these guys, and um, so obviously we pulled out, and we yeah. were we were glad to do it because you know it wasn't very, it was it was not you know, what we thought it was. Endorse, they they had yeah. tried to dupe us, you know, they they had at least attempted to to pull the wool over our eyes and basically leverage all all of our the respect and, and you know the things that we had worked so hard for apex and parkour to you leverage all of that brand um respect or whatever the what's the word value value like cr- clout whatever we had like you know credentials they wanted to leverage that to make the legitimize their event but they were just trying to fuck us basically you know that's essentially what they were trying to do and obviously like the the olympic committee that's what they're in the business of doing is like they want to absorb markets and sports and make money off of them and sell the advertising. You yeah. know, that's ultimately what it always comes down to is the money. Yeah. So so from the outside perspective, I think once that whole involvement with Fig came out and I think like you guys saw how how things like looked like they were going and Apex pulled out obviously and like a lot of the a lot of the backlash in the community, it was really really big deal for like a month and a half or two months. Um IPF started posting like the International Parkour Federation um they i think made a letter or like they like made a big post about how they like didn't you know they denounced fig and they denounced like basically parkour and gymnastics um and then parkour earth i think in like july became a thing um which was really promising was like cool like we've got now parkour earth who are kind of 
represented, I think, a little bit more of the old school kind of um, people that have been around for a long time that have formed these national governing bodies and gone mm. through that whole process. Um, a lot of those like like-minded people kind of getting together and then IPF, which uh, had also been around for a long time, but kind of not been particularly active and were sort of just under the aegis of USA Parkour and WFPF. Uh, so you've got kind of those two coming out and like denouncing it. And then really like the uproar kind of died and no one it is kind of like the classic parkour thing which is the majority of people i think again were not they're passionate in the moment but they didn't know what to do so it's like oh wow this is a thing and then a couple months later nothing and then i think in october um fig had the next event which was in china in mm -hmm. Chengdu, and they had like their second like world championship event and they also released their uh roadmap for parkour which Thanks By for the stealing way, hey, my name. Hey, <laughs> hey, you fucks. Hey, that's Max Henry, dude. You should sue that. <laughs> I feel like you have a right for parkour roadmap. Those two fucking words next to each other, you own that. <laughs> I'll testify, to, man. Shout out to Scott Jackson. for. I think he tagged me in a, in a Facebook post and was like, not only have they misappropriated parkour. I actually don't even know what that is. What did they say? Uh, what so is that parkour roadmap you can, thing? You can find it. it. It's all online, actually. And I, I think it's interesting that a lot of the people who have been really passionate about it, like, haven't necessarily even bothered to read it but it's kind of like their manifesto for where they want parkour to be going so they outline the future events um okay maybe i did read it i just yeah so they outline i think it's like basically yeah. their four-year plan yeah, for yeah, how yeah. to get parkour into yeah, the olympics that. uh and then they in december added in their like rules and guidelines uh which is all available on the like the the fig website basically they have like a mm -hmm. sub um, so as people will find out, I think this is a good time for me to, for me to say this. I feel, I, I don't feel particularly strong about either position. I don't feel like well represented, I guess, by either of the two extremes, I think that are kind of involved right now. And I think that's fine because I'm not particularly passionate about this. And I also think that anybody that's listening should take my opinion with a grain of salt. I don't really have large strong, grain for me as well, please. Yeah. Like I think my goal, my goal, <laughs> my goal in this is basically just to, outline what I know of the situation, which is limited, but I have done quite a bit of research on it. So I was going to write a big blog about it and then just kind of got a bit depressed. So I didn't write it. Um, but I've done quite a bit of research. I've read all the literature that's out there. I've kind of been following the conversations that have been happening mm -hmm. publicly, but I don't know what's happening like behind closed doors with parkour earth. I don't know what's happening behind closed doors with IPF. Um, again, like well, I do have there's some speculation that because they've gone sort of silent re as of late that they are preparing like if they're they might be in litigation right so once there's once once the lawyers come out you have to kind of like yeah. hush up well i do also think I don't that know. Uh, that's speculative i know craig completely. constantine did a podcast or a kind of like a recording of the conversation that happened at art of retreat in in uh, end of september beginning of october in new york mm -hmm. and that was basically victor bevin from ipf and uh eugene minogue from parkour earth kind of talking about their respective stances and what they wanted to do about this like figs encroachment on parkour um so i think around the time of the Chengdu event if i'm not mistaken i know uh eugene i'm not sure if any other members of parkour went to meet in lausanne with the heads of fig and they met up parkour earth basically released kind of like an announcement saying that they nothing had gone particularly well um, Fig was not looking like they were going to back mm. off their claims for parkour. They weren't recognizing parkour's individuality. 
and Parkour Earth kind of saw that as a non-starter for any kind of conversation. Uh, and then that kind of like things quieted down again and that kind of set the stage for in the end of January, kind of out of nowhere, IPF made the announcement that they were going to partner with FIG going forward to help kind of guide Parkour's so, like sovereignty under the aegis of gymnastics, which um, obviously got a lot of flack in the community, particularly after mm-hmm. IPF had released uh, a really kind of um, gnarly e letter that kind of like pointed out it, it spoke very harshly about Parkour Earth and a couple other organizations. And I like I've had like some conversations like that letter is basically it was posted by one person in the organization. It wasn't something that everybody saw. And they're like, yeah, we like get behind this. It was kind of mm-hmm. like somebody hopped on Facebook. What was it? What was the it letter? Was, it was basically saying think, that like people are, are taking. It was kind of like calling Parkour Earth like backhanded for going to meet with Fig or something. I, I'm not I can't remember exactly. I saw it and I was like, oh, man, this is a really bad look. And I just kind of like got depressed and I don't remember exactly what it is. You can, you got depressed it. about this or you yeah. depressed? Well, just about like the post, because it I'm was kind of like one of those things you're like, you don't want to see uh-huh. anybody like trying to kind of take advantage of like kicking someone when they're down in the community. Yeah. And it looked like kind of like from the outside perspective, again, it looked like all of IPF were trying to take advantage of what people maybe could have viewed as like a misstep by parkour earth to gain mm. some superiority. Yeah. And Again, like I like having talked with people, um, well, it, did, sorry, it wasn't something that was like, again, it wasn't like everybody that was sitting down. It was like somebody got really passionate on Facebook, made a post that everybody else essentially was like, that was really stupid and not something that we endorse as mm-hmm. like a, as an organization, but nonetheless it happened. Um, yeah. and I think that's going to be like a theme that a lot of people, I think their problems with IPF, like the most legitimate complaint that everybody has had obviously is that they made a very public announcement in July uh, that, you know, they were never, basically they were never going to partner with fig that they yeah. didn't want parkour to be in a part of gymnastics. And then six months later, what do you know? So, so it's like, what is the, where is kind of like the ethical backbone? I think that's a legitimate complaint that IPF has maybe not fully addressed. And because they've not really started with the trust of the community, for other I mean, reasons. yeah, I mean, they have very strong ties. Obviously, they're a sister brand or in a way, right? Or a sister well, so uh, organization that that with, with WFPF. Yeah, or? so I think the way that it works, I'm not 100% sure. And this actually might um, be a good a b- good time to talk about. It. So, like, I obviously have been a, a WFPF athlete for a really, really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had – I owe a lot to Victor and David as people. And they've done tons and tons for me and tons in kind of – getting me to mature as an athlete. Um, but over the last two, two and a half years, uh, as WFPF and USA parkour kind of have focused on certifications and, um, the kind of like that education side, but more in like the insurance and, and certification mm-hmm. side of things. That's not something that I'm really interested in. So, uh, over the last like two, two and a half years, I really haven't had much of a relationship with WFPF and actually right around the time, of this whole thing and it's kind of bad timing because it's been unrelated is essentially unrelated yeah, yeah. unrelated to their position with fig um but i i did send an email uh to victor and david who who acknowledged it and basically I, I left wfpf as an athlete um because i think that for me right now it's uh i don't feel like that whole insurance 
and certification process as something that I necessarily identify with or get passionate about. So I left and then this all, all this other thing, all this other kind of stuff has happened. Yeah. And, and so it's been a lot of people have asked me, you know, if I have any inside knowledge and I've not what really you, been What kind involved. of inside knowledge do you got, baby? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like I haven't really been hey, involved Max. in any of it. Hey, you heard it here first. Max quits WFPF, <laughs> retires from parkour. Oh, man. No, I'm just kidding. No, but it's great because also Victor and David obviously were very understanding and I'm super appreciative of all they've done for me as but, people. So it's, it's really unrelated or is there is there is there no correlation really? I mean, but the only the only correlation, I guess, would be the the general correlation of like it's hard when you're when you're um, I guess when you're like representing any organization or brand mm-hmm. and you don't feel like you have a voice in in what they're doing just because you're not passionate about like the the road that they're taking. Even if you don't disagree with it, you're just kind of like, oh, cool, like insurance. Don't care about that. I want to like do other things yeah. when you don't feel like your voice is being heard, but you're tied to kind of like what people perceive as you being involved in it just doesn't really make sense at that point to kind of stay involved in a professional relationship where you're not like you don't you don't have input yeah because and again like if they'd asked or if i'd asked them you know if i could be more involved they would have in a heartbeat been like yeah come on it wasn't like they're shunning me in any way it was more of just kind of like I, they knew I wasn't interested in this stuff. That's where they were going. Well, that's it. That's it, wasn't. boys. That's the last <laughs> remaining piece of the puzzle for Wolf Puff. I've, I mean, I'm the only kidding, but all, honestly, like I, I think that there's almost no athletes now that, you know, within, within the inner circle of community in within the community, there's there's few people. Like you were the you were one of the largest tent poles that still lent legitimacy to to Wolf Puff as a organization in some ways. And I'm not saying that like you leaving is is like it destroys them as a brand, but and especially since you're not necessarily like leaving because of of what they're doing. It sounds yeah, like. it's it just not sounds like, like, it's like it, an you just don't you don't have like a um, you don't you don't you aren't on the same journey with with yeah. Where they're it, going. it really is. It felt kind of like a relationship where it's mm-hmm. just like you see somebody else growing in a different direction, and you're like, oh, cool. Like you want to be a teacher, I want to be an artist. These two things are kind of incompatible, so mm-hmm. let's just like amic- amicably split ways. And there are like plenty of situations where if they wanted me to do a workshop, for instance, at like one of their gyms, I'm not going to be like, oh, no. like Or likewise, if I hit them up and ask to do a workshop, like mm-hmm. as long as it worked out with them timing-wise, like I'm sure they'd be they'd be super open to it. It's not been like a weird, awkward thing um, yeah. where I feel like there's like there's not any bad blood. And there are a couple other people, I think, that are really active in the community. Like, Joey Adrian's been uh, helping them out a lot with the competition stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, Eric and Joe Scandrit are both really involved in the comp circuit. Um, Justin Schaefer, who is, like, Eric, the sweetest Eric Mukamechin. Oh, yeah, Mukamechin, of course. The uh, only Eric yeah. you need to say. When uh, and, like, Justin is, I think, the – he's uh, – I'm not sure yeah, exactly no, his yeah. position. I think he's, like, the president of, of USA Parkour right now. Mm-hmm. And if you know Justin, like, he's somebody who has, like, a great – great heart he's got a good mind for business so he's not somebody that's like easily taken advantage of but he also is somebody that really wants the best for parkour and for the community and so i think a lot of people that are out of it's almost like wfpf and usa parkour and ipf kind of inhabit this different circle of the community that doesn't really interact with kind of like the rest of the community like the kind of like apex jump for your own, like the the team communities and the gym communities yeah. like they just do their own thing but it's not i think i know a lot of people have had some some weird that experiences is, with them 
but in, yeah, yeah. In, from Personally, my, my own personal experiences have been almost zero with with the, with the organization. So I don't really have much to say about them as an organization. Um, but obviously, like you're saying, the 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 things that I have heard from friends and close people people close to me are not flattering. Yeah. Typically, of of like their business practices and and whatever. Um, so again, that's hearsay. So I'm not really going to go into yeah to to that. But and I think that the main question, um, because like I've heard a lot of things from people, and they're like this and this and this happened, and I've also had tons of experiences with Victor and David where, you know, it's like wow, they'd have to be hiding some serious like character things from me for years for it to be like exclusively the way that it's been presented. And I think that, um, I think, yeah, I mean, anytime in business and especially business. when it's the, the stakes are so high, yeah. there's, there's going to be differences in opinion, differences in viewpoints, and it can get a little heated. It can feel a little bit violent, not violent, but like vicious, you know, it yeah. can feel like that. Way. I'm sure like there's, there's definitely animosities and there's also been, hatchets buried i think yeah. on both sides of the of the aisle and i'm you not know, gonna between like sit here and in, in between with you know other people that yeah don't like what they're doing and i community. don't want to like try and try and defend because i i've not really been there for any of these situations and i can only offer kind of what i've experienced um which has been positive uh but again like they're i'm, I'm not going to excuse any behavior that like i i don't know anything about and mm -hmm. <clears throat> so like obviously things can happen and uh either way i think that at this point so you've got fig and ipf have partnered one of the people's big complaints is is that ipf flip-flopped and also that i think they saw ipf as being kind of like this quick grab that that wfpf has made and in some ways um i do think that it's unfortunate like the timing because it is it's the same like it's victor and david that that have kind of built IPF into a thing as well out of WFPF um, because it didn't start as its own thing. It does come with baggage, yeah. right? And and yeah. because WFPF has already had some issues with like big vocal community members, like that baggage has become a serious issue. So for me, like when I heard about Parkour Earth, I, I don't think that, I think a lot of people tend to demonize WFPF and IPF in addition to FIG unnecessarily. You know, it's it's important to realize that like everybody has kind of their own intentions. They're not necessarily like everybody is evil, and you're looking at the worst yeah. things. But um, when I heard about Parkour Earth, I was like, okay, cool. It seems like a neutral organization that doesn't have any baggage is gonna have a better chance of stopping this than kind of like working, trying to get everybody behind a horse that they already don't want to ride. Yeah, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's like breaking a new horse. Let's get everybody <laughs> on board. You know. And yeah, then yeah. Worse comes to worse, it like becomes a situation. Well, and that where was part of of the art of retreat. Yeah, like intention probably this year. And this is my. It was my first time attending art of retreat, and you know, for me again, my I'm I'm a newbie. I'm a newbie at all this stuff. Like, I I got into it as more more of an athlete and an artist than than anything. So, I don't know, and I don't really try to to speak on on that stuff. I was there very much as a spectator. But it seemed like that was some of the intention. You know, I was like, let's see if we can merge. Let's see if we can all get behind that one horse. Yeah. And, and I know that there was like a talk where um, IPF and Parkour Earth were talking about trying to find some kind of resolution where the two of them could work together, which for me, I was like, oh, great, because IPF had 
a lot of the paperwork done. They'd mm-hmm. already kind of had um, kind of a leg up in, in some ways. Uh, but Parkour th- had a lot of those connections that, that IPF was going to be hard for them to kind of get. And so for me, I was like, that seems like the best resolution. You know, it's the best of both worlds. And I think that just like the differences in, in like maybe governing practice or like where they wanted to go with it um, made it difficult. So if we're like looking at our outline, because I think that's like <laughs> we had to do it because otherwise we'll just get. Oh, I mean, yeah, the, obviously like, it's it's so easy to go. You can just go down this. the rabbit yeah. hole. <laughs> Where are we at? What's the, what? Um, so I think that that's a good, a good way to talk about, uh, where you're talking about, like, I guess you've got Parker earth and an IPF and their relationships towards this whole fig but, thing. One of the questions that we asked ourselves earlier when we were kind of t- hashing this out was like, what are like, what's realistic to expect in these situations and kind of like, what are these, like, what are the different methods yeah, because Parkour Earth, I think, from the beginning has been very about. Well, ultimately, good. we're up against like this issue. I want to give it just a little bit more like yeah, yeah, go broad for it, context. Dude. Dig and in. correct me if I'm wrong, because again, I feel like you have a much better grasp on this than I do. Um, but but that might be good because then I can do the Maybe dumb I'm version too of it. Close to it, you know. Well, <laughs> like I think a lot of people are in this position where I'm at, where they really don't know much about it. You know, like. I think I know maybe even a little bit more than most people and I don't know anything, you know, like I feel like <laughs> yeah. I virtually know nothing, especially the broader community. So we're up against as a community, this, this kind of crossroads or a fork in the road or something where FIG, the federal international gymnastic organization, whatever, like yeah. the international that, gymnastics federation, yeah, the, the organization that runs gymnastics in the Olympics, they, they want to absorb parkour into their broader you know, thing. And, and there might be some room. We don't know exactly what they want to do and how they really want to categorize it. There's potential that they could give it a lot more of its own identity, or there's potential that they could really try to, to mm. push it in a direction that doesn't feel like it's true to what, you know, a lot of us would say it is. Um, and with that, uh, they're making moves, this big organization, they have lots of momentum. Obviously they got millions and millions of dollars, billions maybe behind them. Um, and they're working with IBF now, mm-hmm. um, or IPF, excuse me. I don't know why. I, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> IPF. Brewers Federation. I, Irritable Bowel Federation. <laughs> um, however, yeah. Parkour Earth is on this other side, and you could say that they, they, they have a more, or you could argue at least, that they have a more balanced pool of community members like potentially you know yeah. or at least they, they they definitely feel that way and i ipf has certain pool that they're pulling from of people that they're they're they like people that they've worked with they worked with before and yeah a lot of to- a lot of the there's a little bit more diplomacy happening on parkour earth side of the aisle maybe yeah well or like a cool little more about ipf in fairness is a lot of the countries they're working with are some of these kind of like less developed countries where something like the Olympics would be a huge benefit to those communities yeah. and those athletes. Well, in contrast and in, in, in to like counterpoint that as well, like just to play devil's advocate, part of what you might be skeptical of is the fact that they're going to these nations that really don't have very much established anything. And so they're just kind of like, it's like going, it's like standing on the street corner and getting petitions, you know, low signed for yeah, low hanging fruit yeah. from people that not necessarily, they wouldn't know any better. They wouldn't know, they definitely wouldn't know about Parkour Earth as another option. They wouldn't know necessarily the stakes. Yeah. You know? 
I think a hard thing is like when you try and attach, um, when you try and attach those like those moral kind of values to a decision. Like what what's hard is that like we basically are left to judge because we don't know the history of these decisions. Like we're just left to judge the facts. Yeah, and that can always be kind of interpreted ambiguously. Yeah, uh, which has been been a big issue. But like like you're saying, so so basically. From IPS perspective, I think that what they what they see, not to put words in their mouth, but I think the positive um, that they see being involved with with Fig is that it there there's a level of control. Like they reached a memorandum of understanding with FIG that basically states in paper signed that uh, parkour is going to retain its individuality. That uh, gymnastics won't try to encroach on anything that is kind of like part of its culture. Um, part of its individuality, which if it were inevitable that FIG were involved would be a huge step forward, right? Like that's mm-hmm. like a big kind of like, okay, at least now there's some paperwork saying you can't make us wear leotards and do a floor routine as part of parkour. Like there mm-hmm. has to be some level of indivi- individuality that is being assessed by people that are in the parkour community. Uh, and I think Parkour Earth, the last that I'd heard, um, they had gotten involved with a, kind of like a, a fair ethics sports kind of group that we're trying to essentially um, I'm, I'm not sure if they're like, if it's a lawsuit or if they're what, what path exactly legally they're taking. But from what I understand, parkour earth is, is more trying to just block FIG's involvement completely. So IPF has kind of gotten involved in, yeah. the, in the sense parkour of like, earth let's wants see if we can do it and help make this happen well, that's, in yeah. the best way possible. And parkour earth is like, Let's do it on our own completely without FIG in any way. Yeah. And they and the, the reason why they want to do that, I think, again, is – or not again, but – uh, again, not to put words in their mouth is why I would say again, but just they want – and they've established, at least in the UK, parkour is a separate thing from gymnastics where it's not like a signed paper. That would be Parkour UK, which parkour is like a UK, member exactly. body of, of Parkour Earth, like one yeah. of six or yeah. however many they have now. And – and they really want it to be separate because it affords potentially more opportunities for everyone that's in the sport. And, and it doesn't again, allow an already established organization to leverage all of our momentum towards itself instead of towards back, you know, reflecting back on the community. Yeah. And now like, I think (laughs) that the question that I've had that is why I've kind of remained neutral and not particularly vocal on the subject Mm -hmm. and why I still feel like I'm kind of neutral on it is we have those kind of two mindsets and ultimately to me it comes down to like what is realistic and like what are our worst case scenarios that we could experience as a community and we talked about this a little bit Mm -hmm. earlier um, when we were just kind of trying to get our thoughts out and for me like where I want to see parkour go in the future is basically to preserve the spirit like I want a kid that's 14 that's super nerdy that just sees movement as being like, holy crap, this is something amazing. I want them to be able to get into parkour and be exposed to some 35-year-olds that are super fit, living healthy lifestyles, that are kind, empathetic people, that want to help, that want to be strong to be useful, that have that kind of parkour philosophy. And I want that to be there for a kid like me in in Mm -hmm. 10 or 20 years. Like, I want to be that person. Um, And that is something that I can do that's realistic. And I think that um, where where I then have to go from that is like, what's my worst case scenario? Yeah. And my worst case scenario coming from that perspective 
is Parkour Earth saying we're going to put all our resources and and essentially the community like that backs Parkour Earth or the people that are ambivalent that just don't do anything in mm-hmm. either side um, saying we're going to put all our resources into stopping Parkour from being in the Olympics, stopping involvement with Fig, IPF. Well, are they so, are they are they aimed at stopping Fig's involvement or from Parkour being in the Olympics? I think they're or aimed both. at stopping Fig's involvement. Although at this point, um, I do feel like the Olympic, the IOC, if Fig were not involved, it'd be really hard to convince them to get Parkour involved again. <laughs> like that just seems like they'd be like, yeah. um, But I don't know. Who knows? Either way, though, I feel like because the member groups again, a lot of them have been vocally anti-competition for a decade plus um Mm -hmm. the at least the leaders of these member groups and while eugene has been really uh on it about saying that you know their stance towards competition their stance towards the olympics all these things would be determined by vote um and by consensus of the community it's like all right what's the pool that you're drawing from right now it's kind of limited and they while they are like actively trying to get more member groups involved who knows how long that's going to take and even if they do it's kind of like the selection process might be so limiting that they're still drawing from sort of this this echo chamber of people that are exactly like them that have the criteria that they that they meet. Mm-hmm. Um, so like there might not be a ton of, of diversity immediately in parkour earth. And by immediately, I mean maybe in like two or three years, just because they're so focused on kind of creating a really, really good responsible government. And the flip side of that is that in two or three years. You mean diversity because basically the only people that are going to be in it are are going to be people that are interested in, in inter- that their are, approach. That are able, yeah, that, that know about it, first of all, which is already a limiting factor. How many mm-hmm. people know about this issue enough to want to get involved? And the people that do know about it are probably going to be really involved in like certain Facebook groups. Um, you know, and this is like, I'm a mathematician. Like one of the big things that you do when you're collecting data, if you're a mathematician or a scientist is you have to identify those like sampling biases that can happen. Mm-hmm. And a big one is this like selection bias. Like you, you have a tendency to pick for the things that you're, you're kind of aiming for. Um, so just like even finding out about parkour earth has been quite hard because the people that share it are kind of all in the same little sphere of the community, you know, like mm-hmm. the people that have shared that information. And so it's like, okay, how hard is it going to be? Um, you know, for somebody in Colombia to said that, baby. How do you say it one more time? Colombia. Colombia. How hard is it gonna be though for somebody that's in Colombia to try and not only have access to the information, but then like Well, it's interesting that you'd say that because I think Amos is actually out there right now in Colombia and I no doubt think that he is spreading um awareness about parkour. And they have a huge community, which is why I said it like Colombia and Argentina, they have really huge communities that are super Uh, super active, like people are training all the time. They Mm -hmm. have like a really good, I've heard at least that they have like a really good um, kind of like gender spread where it's like a lot of women, they're like really actively practicing, uh, especially in Argentina. And, but again, it's like, I don't know that many people from those communities that are active in the same online, Mm -hmm. uh, for lack of a better word, the same online communities that kind of like all this information has been spread in. So that's the first limiting factor. The second limiting factor is, I don't know the exact criteria. I read the constitution for parkour earth and I should have reread it again. We're just kind of hashing out things. So obviously if Eugene listens to this and wants to make a response, I would love for him to make a condensed response that doesn't involve me having to read a 14 page legal document (laughs) Um, because I know that even though I have read it again, that's a limiting factor. And a lot of times with, with these issues that came up at art of retreat, for instance, um, Eugene and some of the other members would redirect to, 
you know, we'll read the constitution. It says all of our things. And it's like, that is because they're really focused on like the constitution. They worded it the exact way that they want. It says what they want, but bringing that to the lay audience, that's not a great way, I think, to kind of make your message accessible and to get people that aren't, again, that aren't already passionate about the issue, that aren't already involved, that care enough about the legality of it uh, to get them, their voices heard in your organization. So it's kind of like balancing the, um, like the good governance practices and make it like, because I think a lot of it also is like, they don't want to misspeak. They want to avoid some of the maybe errors yeah, that IPF I mean, has made. One of the things that we were saying but is like... But you also have to balance that out with, um, you know, most of the people in parkour, like the majority of practitioners maybe are like guys that are aged 14 to like 24 that don't want to sit down and read a legal document. Yeah. So how are you going to reach those people if you really want the majority voice heard? And if you don't want the majority voice heard, does that how does that make you any different from FIG or any of these other organizations that we're talking about? Yeah, no, and obviously I think, there is a difference. I think. Yeah, yeah, no, but I, I think the difference is questions. like, like you're saying, they they're they're very careful. They're working. They're really like we, what we were talking about earlier when we were talking about this is the difference between an idealist and a realist. Yeah, you know, or like, and there's a more realistic way to look at this issue, and it might make you want to lean towards. All right, well, like you're kind of outlining, how how much can we do? Can we do enough? Is it's a it's an legitimate question are we going to a- be able to have the perfect version of parkour in the olympics if it, if it is in the olympics at all is that if that's what people want whatever or is that going to get are we going to get washed out and then potentially regret like or you know not re- regret but just like be left with a worse situation because yeah. because we all boycotted something that happened anyways and now not only did is it, it did it happen but like literally no one that we respect in the community is involved with it yeah you know and that would that's thanks for bringing that up because that was my worst case scenario that i didn't (laughs) i got way too like (laughs) on another path but yeah that's the worst case scenario is that let's say nobody nobody ends up supporting ipf the people that we respect in the community that we really want all you know pull back and it leaves the people that are essentially tied to the ipf like in a really vulnerable position where like they have to do their thing, like they're they're involved like legally, what whatever, and then you end up having basically Fig putting on their display of parkour with like a small percentage of people in the community active, and that is reaching 500 million or 300 million people. The biggest essentially, the biggest, um, you know, press release for parkour, and it's like something that the vast majority of practitioners don't agree with. That's the worst yeah. case scenario. Is like parkour Earth kind of running out of time? And this sort of thing happening. Yeah. And it's a it's a real fear for yeah. sure. And like and it's something we're gonna have to deal with because I think like that's part of what your message is today. And like I don't wanna put it in your mouth, I'll let you kind of like say it yourself. Um but whatever we're gonna do, however you feel about it, just be aware of that, you know? Yeah. And we're, be aware of like what kind of move you wanna make. You know, I I I sympathize with the idealist perspective as well, like a hundred percent. Like but not necessarily for this issue, because again, I don't feel particularly strongly about, you know, this side of parkour and you know it being in the Olympics or whatever. But I understand that I want certain things, but you know, if I'm not willing to do them, if I'm not willing to like really, if if I don't make my life about making those things happen, then who am I to complain if if you know if IBF goes through with this? You know, like I I lean towards the park worth side i want things to be i want things i want us to have our own special 
thing that's not related <laughs> yeah. to to fig and i want the olympic committee to go suck it you know fuck it and suck itself you know i don't i don't like the olympics and ioc yeah. for like they're you know they represent like this bigger thing they represent main or whatever the man in a way they represent yeah. like the establishment this big and they because they are the established yeah and it's like system yeah and ultimately it's like all right well do we if we work with them potentially we might have a better outcome than you know holding on to that completely and being like no fuck them fuck that we're not going to do anything to do with you know this established organization organization. or system Mm -hmm. and then then what happens you know we have to face the real truth is is what's going to happen is are we going to be left out in the cold Mm -hmm. like i think i said to you it's like all right well you know what how do you make a difference you know, if you really want to make it, be realistic. That's all, yeah. I guess. Like, are you going to be making it on one side of the fence or the other? And ho- hopefully, like, we all get what we want eventually. You know, I think, like, I, I made the analogy with you earlier that's, like, it's hard because when you're trying to do things proper and right, necessarily, you know, if there's, I think it's this divide between conservative and progressive thinking. And the conservative thinking is, like, let's just work with it. We have the system in place. Let's make moves. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And those guys can often outpace the people that are really trying to make a more idealistic version of it. And, you know, like I said, it's like, well, this is what happened in, like, our election in America is the progressives, like, wanted to do everything perfect and, like, play everything, like, straight down the center, like, perfect execution (laughs) to the point where they were completely outworked and... You know, they couldn't compete with Trump's just like bullshit sp- yeah. like spray, you know. Well, and, and that's and the thing, too, is like you were saying, we're fighting a bigger system where uh, when you're sometimes when you're trying to do it, trying to do it that kind of perfect way, your message doesn't reach the majority. Mm. And that's like, again, that's been my concern with Parkour Earth is like, w- like by kind of trying to play it so close to the vest and be super proper it's like, I don't know if their messages reach the majority. And I sympathize with a lot, like you were saying, like I sympathize with uh, and respect a lot of the people that are involved in Parker Earth. And obviously, like I have respect for Victor and David and I, I see like the vision of, of how they want IPF to be involved. And I think that from their perspective, it's totally valid. Like they're viewing it as they're trying to stop the worst case scenario. Like they mm-hmm. want they want to make sure that some of parkour is preserved no matter what and like they i i think that that's also admirable it's just that there has to be um there has to be liability on both sides to the community right so because because ipf has kind of goofed up in the past and they've lost trust they can't continue to make these decisions that are essentially alienating the community and not creating trust like they have to work harder to build that trust with the community and then from parkour earth side i think like you were saying like it it has to also be a realization and maybe there is that realization i i don't know because again it's like kind of been hard to get information but um i would just worry that there is a big system that they have to fight against to try and stop something that's already in motion and they also are kind of doing it with a hand tied behind their back in terms of how much time they have by trying to involve so many people, trying to involve so many people in a way that kind of just logistically and legally takes a lot of time. And in the parkour, in their roadmap for uh, that fig release, right? It's like in two years, like they will have had, I think it's something like six or eight more events to show the IOC. And ultimately if the IOC likes what they see, 
they're thinking, okay, we've got now like tens of millions potentially or hundreds of millions potentially in advertising dollars that can come out of this new sport. We're going to get like branding. We're going to be able to build all of these gyms and all these things. They're not worrying about the like 9,000 angry people on Facebook that do parkour that run like the 50 gyms. You know, they're like looking at that and they're like, cool, like we can build 50 gyms in like a month and a half with the advertising money that we're going to make. <laughs> like it's not. So that's the realism, the depressing realism that I think people need to be conscious of as they're acting. Not necessarily yeah. that they have to let realize it that it's them. ruthless out there, you know, yeah. like it's insanely ruthless. And especially with these established, these, these business minded people, that's it's cutthroat. You can't. I mean, if you you have to grow teeth to compete with the with that, you know. You, yeah. And I don't know. And we don't. Not only. I mean, even if we grew teeth, we don't have. The, we don't have the bite. The, the budget. <laughs> you know, we don't have like the established. But yeah, it's it's yeah. super intense. Um, We're minnows, you know, and and I think that also people kind of make fig out to be this huge thing. And it's like they wouldn't be so stoked to work with us if they were doing great. That's the, that's the other thing that I think gives us power. Yeah. Right. Is like they want, the reason that they, they want us. the reason that they want parkour involved so badly and they're so willing to work with us even after all of this BS that they've had to put up with is because like men's gymnastics is dying. They ultimately see where gymnastics is right now is kind of being something that is is slowly dying off. So they're like, oh, this is this is something that's new. That's that's poppy. And what they may or may not realize is that if they try and take parkour down the same road as gymnastics, inevitably, like by trying to destroy the culture that makes parkour unique, they're going to destroy any chance that they have of essentially profiting off of parkour in the long yeah. term because they'll just turn it into something else that kids don't care about. Yeah. You know, like that's destroying that uniqueness. I think that brings us to a good question that we were talking about earlier, which is like, is parkour gymnastics because we've got like that whole hashtag right now <laughs> that's like you know we are not gymnastics and we ain't we ain't they gymnastics. hate us because they ain't us <laughs> and i think it's like on the surface right obviously we're like heck no like look at how different these two things are but you know historically when you look at it i mean yeah like <laughs> you take things it's weird because like yeah when you think about gymnastics and you think about the olympics and gold medals that's not parkour to me yeah. at all. The like, culture a, is almost the complete opposite. Yeah, it, it's zero to do with the other. You know, almost like that's the whole point. You know, especially because it's new and everything. Like it, it's weird. You lose your identity sometimes as you become more mainstream as a as a. You don't lose it, but things have to change. You know, like it, it's this whole ev- evolution and yeah. gymnastics is. It's is, changed is, is, dramatically. Culminates, it, com- it completely culminates in the Olympics, you know? Yeah. For me, parkour will never be that. I don't think that... And, you know, for me, the worst-case scenario is that no one ever gives a shit about parkour videos and, like, makes good content anymore. And the Olympic medal, the Olympic gold medal, is the best thing you can do, the highest achievement that you can make in parkour. Yeah. That's my worst-case scenario. But that doesn't mean I don't want parkour in the Olympics. That just means I want people to still care more about what people are actually doing artistically and yeah. like as innovators in the sport. And if all the people that are the innovators are boycotting it and all the people that are kind of carrying that old the flame of the mm-hmm. philosophy, if all of them are like, I'm I, I want my voice to be heard, I'm going to boycott it. Ultimately, like when the Olympics are doing these like mini docs about the athletes that are participating if all those people are gone and they're boycotting it, like what those, you know, 
tens of millions or hundreds of millions of viewers are, are going to potentially see is like, oh, I started training parkour when I was 14 at gymnastics gym. Um, I have like a trampoline in my backyard. I can do triple backs on it. And I go to like sand pits and huck a bunch of flips and then just like long jump into the sand as far as I can <laughs> and train for competition. And now I'm Olympic gold. Yeah. Instead of hearing the story about, you know, like Blaine is a perfect example who you've met as well. And like yeah. now he's a firefighter. Like he's got a kid. He's like working this night shifts, like waking up, just being a tank, like uh -huh. has had the same dedication to training and had the same spirit for like 15 years of parkour. Like that's the kind of person whose voice I want to be heard yeah and like he might i i don't know his his views like i i don't imagine he's stoked on it being in the olympics and i'm yeah. not either honestly but like if it comes down to me well and it, parkour is big enough honestly i believe that parkour can be big enough that it does it can have all of this for sure it can have all of this you know i think about skateboarding sometimes i think about other sports skiing is like one of the ones i like to compare it with the most because i look at skiing they have olympic gold medals if you're into that. Yeah. They also have the X Games, if you're into that. They also have like private videos where people are sending first descents, or first descents, excuse me, <laughs> first descents down like gnarly mountains in Alaska or all over the world. They also have Candy Dovex doing like some crazy commercial. I don't know if you saw that Quattro yeah, 2 commercial insane, where he's dude. skiing <laughs> on like anything but snow, so like sick. sending the coolest shit I've ever seen. Like, so. You know, for me, the Candide Throwbacks video is that's my favorite thing. Yeah. That's the thing that's going to inspire my like kid version of myself to go out and yeah. ski. And that's I'm the, one the thing that, I'm like, stoked. What's the big helicopter ski film that they made that's like super intense? Oh, it's like a, it was um, like a Mountain Dew and Red Bull, like all these companies that are terrible for your body. Yeah. Put a lot of money into making a sick film. I can't remember what it's called. I'm not sure either. Right Art now. of Flight or something? Art of Flight, yeah. It's yeah. yeah. so like for me seeing that, I'd be like, oh my God. I yeah, never yeah. knew any of this was possible. I, Art of Flight would get my little 15 year old yeah. boner going as well but, and, but then maybe somebody doesn't find big out about 15 year old that. boner huge actually I don't <laughs> maybe somebody doesn't <laughs> find out about that until they see a part of that video being played you know during olympic coverage because one of the athletes was doing the olympics yeah um so i think like we obviously like we both totally agree that like the culture of parkour and the identity of parkour is completely separate well and you know what's gymnastics. funny is like ultimately they kind of merge in some ways yeah you know a lot of the athletes and then they kind of diverge again. I don't even know. It's, it's weird. There's like this merge and then it's gone. Sean white was an incredible Olympian, but then he kind of just, that's, that's him now. Yeah. There's other snowboarders that are doing the artistic side of it. And yeah. you know, I wouldn't give a fuck about Sean white anymore when I was, when I, if I was growing up, I just, cause for me, my, my kid version, of my, I don't care about the Olympic gold. I just, I like the Olympics casually. Did like you see the, like uh, most Ted people. Wallish, like imagination video where it's like a kid looking out of a school bus and he's just doing these like insane lines like over the bus it's mm. crazy I, I think it's i don't know if it's called pure imagination or something like that I but I it's like it. ted wallish um <laughs> but i think like what i what i also wanted to get at is kind of like along the lines of demonizing fig um and just asking people to kind of question i guess what what they've heard and how much is like propaganda because even if it's unintentional propaganda like it's still propaganda on facebook and like the algorithms want you to see certain things your friends that think like you you get that confirmation bias 
Yeah, um, get off Facebook, by the way. <laughs> just everyone stop using it. How about but that? But the scary thing is like- How about that for a fucking very, new thing? But there are very few other places where you can get this information, which it's is true, the hard It's true, it's true, yeah. I that's mean, why we're making this podcast. It right? got us by the balls, man. <laughs> yeah. But seriously, I think that's the that's a future that I want to live in, is where the Olympic Committee is actually fair enough that it's not a shitty thing to be a part of. They, they don't make billions off of the athletes. They make- Who, by they the make, way, also barely make anything. They make- <laughs> Because the oh. athletes are not making oh, that's what I'm money saying. at all. Yeah, that's what I'm Olympic, saying. Is like they, it's they, the Olympic Committee that's, and uh, That's why I don't care about Subway. the Olympics because it's like, oh. I mean, there's, there's there's something very special about, you know, those five rings or whatever. There's something there's something very historical about it, blah, blah, blah. But it's kind of been bastardized to the point where, like, I, I can look at it honestly now and I go, yeah, it sucks to be an Olympian most times. You're probably not making money unless you're – fucking huge like michael phelps and you win mad you have to win insane amounts of gold medals and only in the sports that people barely give a shit about yeah. you know like most of the olympic sport i mean i don't know it's just there's a few things that like cool but it's it's a domain that doesn't inspire me personally for the most part yeah. because you know what you do in those things are I, I just don't i don't want i wouldn't want my life to be like that the, yeah. the competition is it's so much sacrifice just so the olympics can make money off of so many of these athletes and like yes one or two of them get recognition but most of them don't yeah and whatever they get they get something out of it I'm and sure. it creates like a culture where again like you were saying like the culture of olympic sports that are purely purely olympic sports so we used the example of basketball earlier where it's like mm -hmm. no one really unless you like live in you know like serbia you're you don't care <laughs> about like what's happening in the olympics like if the serbian yeah. basketball team wins you're going to be stoked but if you're in a country like basically in America where basketball has the largest capital market, you care about the NBA. Like yeah. if you're a basketball fan, you know where the best players are playing. It's the NBA. It's not the Olympic games. Yeah. Um, and parkour, like I think skateboarding is going to be like that. Climbing in some ways is might be like that. I know a lot of climbers don't like the format, but they're kind of facing the same dilemma, which is like, do we want to be there and show our cult, like our sports culture and show kind of like, that there's way more rad stuff happening outside in the mountains than what people will see here. Um, so I think like a lot of the younger climbers are kind of like, actually I was listening to a podcast, with Alex Honnold and they asked him about the Olympics and he's like, I mean, I don't care at all. Like I'm not good enough to compete, but like it'll be cool to watch climbing in the Olympics. And at the same time, like no one will care and people will still like want to go to the Don wall and like, yeah. free it. like that's going to yeah. be the, the highlight. No, and I agree with him. I think I believe in people. I think part of like our fears and all this stuff is it's, it's, it's really unnecessary insecurity because what do I really believe? Do I really believe that if parkour was the, in the Olympics, I mean, I'm going to watch it just because yeah. I'm not inspired and blah, blah, blah. I'm still interested. I love, yeah. I like parkour. I'm going to be like, Oh, that's cool. I'm also smart enough to know like what the Olympics is kind of about and where it sits in my mind. And, and, I can enjoy the, the Olympic games without, you know, thinking that, Oh, that's, that's it. That's it for yeah. them. You know, like I'm, I've become uh, aware of, of, uh, enough things now in my later, my 29 years now that I'm like, <laughs> okay, yeah, that's a thing, but it's also much other, many other things than that, you know, especially yeah. parkour, especially skiing is in boxing. You know, I've got into like boxing and wrestling and stuff a little bit through watching MMA and Olympic means a lot olympic gold is like a cool thing to have it, it does show that you have like this epic level of skill whatever you yeah. know olympic wrestling especially you know for the athletes that have gotten olympic golds or silvers that are in the ufc you know that if nothing else those guys know how to grind because if you can get to that olympic level 
holy shit, you must know how to like, <laughs> you must know how to grind. You definitely yeah. know, you know, you're not scared of doing the work, but it's still the UFC. That's more interesting to watch. It's still yeah. the UFC that I, that got, that made me even know what Olympic wrestling was like, or, you know, boxing, professional boxing is what the reason why I know that, Oh, Olympic amateur circuit is like, that's where, that's where the amateur circuit basically culminates is in the Olympics. Yeah. But the professional circuit is what most people care about. And I'm just curious how much of that is because we're coming from this kind of like being in America and like being in the Western world, but being particularly in America, it's like we're in the place where all these like hyper capitalistic private organizations basically are culminating. So like, yeah, for somebody Amer- that's for NFL, somebody that the NBA, exactly, like all this for stuff somebody is, that doesn't live in America, it might be the other way around. I think that's yeah. just like the devil's advocate point would be like, oh, like boxing. I watched, you know, this well, fight boxing's because worldwide. I saw it, and it is worldwide. That's true. So like, but like, boxing. How many people would watch it that lived in, you know, some random country that didn't have like I know what you're saying. Like, yeah, I'm sure for some for some for some people you know? like they they think that it is like they may they might not know. Yeah, but ultimately, if you're the, the best know. boxers in the world are professional boxers. Yeah. They're not Olympic. Same boxers. thing with like the NBA and, and yeah, baseball they're left, yeah, yeah. All so those other sports. I don't know exactly where we're going with that, but just it, it, there's there's room for both, is all I'm saying. And so you don't have to be like that scared about it. To, at yeah. the same time, like it being in the Olympics, at least is like not a fear for me. It being I, in the Olympics, I guess w- what we were talking about, like with NAPC as the example, would be like parkour existing in the Olympics wouldn't necessarily mean like a competition like NAPC couldn't become the worldwide highest yeah, standard exactly. for parkour athletes. And and it know, could help. And the and the Olympics could even help popularize an event like that mm-hmm. where people look at it and be like, oh man. Oh, all what's these, this guy doing? Yeah, they find out the who Olympics wins Olympic gold, and then they this. find out that he competes in NAPC. <laughs> yeah, you know what the worry is, I guess, is, and this this is more legitimate, maybe, is that okay? Well, and this is, I think, where the strongest arguments sometimes come from is this place of, well, if the IOC has all this influence and they can they can brand or rebrand or restructure things and handle certifications and stuff. It yeah. might become a, a hard thing. It might become an issue to try to get your li- license to teach parkour. It might become an issue to run a parkour competition on the scale of NAPC. It might become an issue for athletes to be allowed to compete in those things. And it could they could try to squash the businesses that are actually established by the people that we know and love and care about. Yeah. Or alternatively, it could be a similar thing where it's like... Or it could be, yeah, it could just make the whole well, pie bigger. We'll, see. well, well no, no. I, I was going to say like in, in agreement with that because I'm... As soon as I heard about the the fig involvement, that was my immediate thought. Is mm. not like this is bad short term. I didn't. I don't care about the short term. In ten years or fifteen years, if parkour is in the Olympics, ultimately, like for a lot of people, particularly in the Western world, particularly in North America, which is where we are. So that's ultimately what I care about. That's also a huge market. So there's probably people in England. They're like, oh, America doesn't matter. And it's like, dude, what happens in America will determine what happens in England because we spend fifty times more money than you do. And we mm-hmm. live in a capitalist society. So, like, ultimately, like, culture is going to be in the biggest markets. <laughs> and, the, like, the biggest consumers of Olympic culture are in North America. Mm-hmm. Um, Inter- yeah. You know, and that's just, like, that's just that's just a thing. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's, like, it sucks. That. It sucks because, especially in parkour, like, America's not the be-all, end-all by, by any means. Um, but from, like, a, a consumer perspective, 
That's where a lot of the money is coming from right now, already in the parkour community, but especially if the Olympics gets involved. So in, like you're saying, in 12 years or 15 years, are the moms that are signing up the kids for parkour class, are they going to want to enroll their kid in a Olympic certified parkour gym? Or are they going to want to enroll their kid in the gym that's being run by like some hairy dude that kind of smells bad that's in like a warehouse, (laughs) you know? And even if that guy's like, well, my gym's been around for 15 years and I've been doing parkour for 25 years and it's like cool well i'm gonna like i want my kid maybe to have the potential to be an olympian if they really want to do it yeah and i'm gonna like enroll them in this one and from the athlete's perspective like with something like napc like could it happen where napc is considered because you're making money a professional league and Mm. so if you want to compete in the olympics and have the potential to get that advertising money you can't compete in napc or any of those other professional yeah i forgot that's like that's why the boxing circuit's that way that's why a lot of these things are that way is you have to retire from amateur, from Olympic boxing, from amateur boxing to compete professionally. Yeah. And but, so, but in those ones, like people do that because not only is it the pinnacle of achievement for their sport, but it's also where they're making way more money. They can make a living and do the things that they want to do. Yeah. And whereas in parkour, it's like, cool. Even if any PC gets to level where if you win first prize, like you're making $10,000. If, you know, let's say, like Nike has an endorsement deal or something from for an Olympic team and you're a really hot shot stud athlete, you might be able to make more money in endorsements being an amateur. Mm-hmm. And if that happens to all of the stud athletes in every country, now all of a sudden you're starting to kill something that, that is starting out kind of smaller just budget-wise and then you're just yeah. strangling it slowly, Yeah, which is, is scary. And I think that the, the best way that we can... Um, and ultimately, like if parkour is in the Olympics, like that might be how it goes anyway. The the best way that we yeah I we mean, don't we don't, don't, don't really know what the sport like, like where what, it, where it ends up you know yeah. or like none of the every sport evolves consistently. I mean, climbing is just getting adopted now too. Yeah, and skateboarding and they again, they're decades in front of us ones, and we're like Ooh, we just like yeah. caught up with them that's somehow. Why it's like, scary though, for it's us. so insane. Yeah, that's why it's the scariest. We don't for have us. the buffer. We don't have yeah. a buffer of an already existing community that can financially support athletes. Yeah. And this is something I actually wrote about in my book, In the Future of Parkour, mm. why I don't want parkour to be an Olympic sport right now and why I wanted it hopefully to you know, wait another 8 or 12 years for the community to catch up to where we have that buffer is because if you know, like DK who are participated. It's, it's, it's a sensitive time. Yeah, and for like somebody like DK who participated, for him to be like, you know, I want to represent Greece on the biggest stage possible, Greece, that's where the Olympics came from. Like, yeah. That's an amazing honor for him. And as a Red Bull athlete, like it's really hard for him to like turn down something just out of principle when it's like he's training as hard as he can and struggling to just yeah. survive in a country that has like financial trouble. Exactly. So I think a lot of people kind of like sit on their pedestal of like, oh, I have a job and I don't really want to be a professional parkour athlete, but I'm going to judge everybody who competes mm-hmm. from my position of not caring about pushing myself as a professional athlete or maybe even as an athlete in general and also having the financial security to not have to worry about where my next meal is coming from. There are yeah. like, there's a lot of judgment in the parkour community. I think from that faction of people that are like they're and maybe, I don't know, maybe they recognize that, that they're super privileged. I definitely recognize I'm super privileged. Um, but I also like make a living off of coaching in the parkour community. So for me, you know, like the whole certification thing, like how you know, again, and with IPF and, and USA parkour, all those things intertwined, like what is that going to look like uh if there's only if they're the only ones involved like is that is the wfpf certification or the usa parkour certification going to become the only recognized standard in the u.s if you want to participate 
if you want your gym to participate in the Olympics going down the road. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's also it's the like, safe thing, by the way, is that all of these things, if you don't want to participate in the Olympics and if we as a community decide we don't want to, which I'm fine with, uh, if we don't decide that, then ultimately, like, they don't have that much power over the community that exists. Yeah. They're going to expose, like, they'll parkour will, will still be exposed in a huge, huge way, which is scary. Yeah. And, like, they might be able to strangle us, but, like, we can also, we can also, we could fight potentially, back. it's just, and potentially we could flip the bill on them. We could, you know, let's say we all get, we all, we all stick to our, our guns and, and, you know, whatever I'm saying, like, in a phrase, like, we're sticking <laughs> to our guns, Jesus Christ. I just got to stop recording these podcasts in the evening, man. I got to record <laughs> them in the morning tired. sometimes. <laughs> Fuck. But like if let's say we stick to our guns in a way and we just we boycott, we continuously boycott. No one participates, no one of like legitimate clout and we build the community from the inside and that's that's honestly the approach that I'm probably going to take. Like personally, that's that's how I feel I can make the biggest impact and also regardless of that, like selfishly, that's what I want to do. I don't I don't really want to make my life about like fighting elite Olympics that's potentially like a worthwhile thing to do for somebody who feels that way. But for me, what I'd rather do is inspire people to just create the content, the, uh, the things that I like to see and the things that, you know, hopefully inspire people with the things that I create, you know, again though, like it is to be not the devil's advocate, but just to kind of keep that realist mindset. Even though we can do that, it's like the odds of us fighting against like a large institution that, if if parkour got into the olympics yeah. it is it's a it's an uphill battle and we have to acknowledge that we can't just kind of be like oh if we just do our best then everything will succeed yeah. and the world will be great and everyone will love parkour because at the end of the day the moms that are watching and the dads that are watching that are enrolling their kids are very important to how we well, live our lives and how we have the we have to do it to better do we have to do something better than them you know, and that's all I'm saying but is it's like not, we, you we make, not only have to do something better than them we have to get it in front of the people the masses that are uh, that are absorbed yeah exactly which is the hard part the hard part isn't doing it better i think like we we're doing a great job but the hard part is we're doing a great job and still in america um to use as an example and i know it's not this way in europe but still the reaction to people doing parkour nine out of ten times is oh hardcore parkour that's fucking lame <laughs> <laughs> or it's like that's yeah. you're liable and you're gonna break your leg you <laughs> idiot so it's like even if we're doing our best but still the message is not getting out to those 90% mm-hmm. that that this is what it is and if they see well and it's never going to be that way honestly it, it just won't be even if it's the, the message Olympics. is never going to be correct to the mainstream that's true most people anytime you get a widespread audience like that if you you know the olympic audience even the ufc audience nfl nba there's shitloads of people that don't appreciate the sport for what it ought to be that are in the audience, that are in the stands, that are drinking the beers. They might even be fucking courtside, you know, and some of these games. Yeah. And they don't belong there, maybe, you know, in some ways. See, like, if you're a purist, you have to also acknowledge that fact, I think, that ultimately you can't have it that way. You just, yeah. it won't be that, you know. There's so many morons. I watch UFC, and I really, like, enjoy fighting. And my my take on it is, you know... I, I like it for a lot of reasons that I think other people like don't necessarily understand. And it annoys me sometimes watching in crowds. Cause you do get the people who are like, come on, they fucking knock him out. And it's like, yeah, you want him to do that, but ah, God damn it. You know, yeah, just like, it's missing Oh, he's point. trying to knock him out. It's harder than it looks, man. <laughs> like yeah. just, I don't know people. You're going to get the hardcore parkour people 
forever. That's but, just part of it. But do you want those people to have like no experience of parkour other than what they see in person through us? Or do you want those people to be coming from the same place where then their experience of parkour is changed by whatever happens in the Olympics that they also casually see? And that's, I think, that the scary thing. I think it thing. lends legitimacy to it, yeah. It, it would lend legitimacy, which but, would be positive. But again, if it's but it if could it's be, a lame event and parkour is super, super lame in the Olympics, then yeah. it's like it's not built. Then it's, it's not, not lending the right kind job. of yeah. the credential. It's in like, that case, oh, I've I think heard it would of that. Be that's like yo-yo. Yeah, and in that in that case, I think <laughs> it would be like better for for those people to just have never heard anything other than what they might. Then well, they come across. Well, what us I meant by flip the bill on them too is like. The people that want to do it, I mean, I don't know. Ultimately, I believe that you can inspire people that you want to inspire. So, yeah, maybe it's lame. Maybe even the mainstream, like, it's this lame version of it. But somewhere out there, if you're making the cool content, if you're making what you believe is correct, I mean, I feel like you have to at least somewhat believe this, that the kids, maybe some kid that even saw it in the Olympics, he will find you or she will find you. Yeah, for sure. And she will find that. And if they don't, I guess I don't give a shit, you know, like I really like if parkour becomes like this lame thing that is the Olympics, then I'll say, all right, well, at least I did it when it was cool and when I liked it, <laughs> you know, true. and if I don't like it anymore, I just won't, I won't be able to like it, you know, I'll be have to be like, all right, well, parkour is like this thing now that's in the Olympics that nobody really does on the streets anymore, you know, decades down from yeah. the road. It's like, all right, no one really takes it outside. You can't do, you know, one expresses himself. Everyone just goes for the Olympic gold. If that's what happens, that would be sad to me, I guess, but I'd also just be like, yeah, what? And there I guess I don't be like people. parkour like I used to. I, I yeah. used to at least I would be grateful for the fact that I was able to participate in the era where I am participating. The golden age. The baby. golden age, baby. There will always be people that will preserve that too. Um, and I don't. Yeah, exactly. And ultimately, I don't fear that because I don't think I think there's always going to be the Alex Honolds. I yeah. think there's always going to be the Candides. There's always going to be the people that are doing more with it than than competition. Yeah. And and as like big as the Olympics are, like I I don't like we we know how many people don't care about the Olympics. And so it's like, you know, ultimately, like there is a situation where I think it's better to kind of be an alarmist and Mm -hmm. think about things and worry about things and take action than it is to just kind of hope that it'll turn out. So I think that's like my whole hundred percent. That's my whole point with with this conversation is kind of I'm I'm being a little bit more of an alarmist I think than I than I feel like because I want people to feel the urgency mm-hmm. and the potential that there are. So like there there are a lot of things that would have to happen in a very specific sequence I think to like have a bad like the situation you just described where it's super lame mm-hmm. like none of the people that used to do it are like actively involved in the public community because of all these like financial things that like fig or the IOC kind of through the Olympics and through just this big capitalist market have kind of forced us into. There's a lot of things that have to go wrong for that to happen. Yeah. But it's still a possibility. Uh, it's like, obviously, it's a very, very you gotta far think about possibility. It. But you have to think about it. You can't just, just, like the possibility you can't just sit of back you and be like, oh, I just don't care. Yeah, know? it's like when you're going for a big jump at height, for example. Let's say you're 17 stories up. <laughs> you have to be aware of the fact that you die if you don't make the jump. You can't <laughs> yeah. just be like, oh, I don't think about that part because that's not nice to think about. <laughs> it's like no dude yeah then you're a moron when you do the jump and you should be you know you should yeah. be locked up or you're like well <laughs> I, I i had a good plan if i stuck it or overshot and rolled out 
but like I didn't really know what would happen if I undershot it. I'll just like figure it out when it happens. It's like, yeah. oh, you should maybe think about that beforehand, just so, like you know what's going on. Yeah, it's important, man. You gotta you gotta be honest. Ooh, I got the piss shivers right now. I really have to go. So we might have to take a quick quick pee break. <laughs> or you can just break. or you can just hold them down for a second. What do you want to do? I think Kate take a quick pee break. All right, let's we'll come back in fourteen seconds and uh <laughs> beep boop. All right, sorry about that, gang. That was my tiny bladder Beep at work bop. again. He <laughs> bopped. Yeah, thank you. Um, that'll be a seamless break for you guys, but I had a lot of relief over the last <laughs> minute. All right. Anyhow, um, you know, we, we we were I guess we we're ready to sort of kind of wrap wrap things up here. Anyhow, so yeah. Um, it's easy to like talk a lot about this subject, I think, because it it gets into a lot of hypotheticals, and you can get really in your head about it, and again like there there's the temptation to balance i think it's like there's the temptation to just be like oh god i really hate talking about this and for me that's exactly how i feel like that's why i have not gotten involved in any of these debates but that temptation is also tempered by me being like oh wow like i coach parkour for a living and i get to have this you know amazing experience training with all these people and if i just say oh well i'm not going to care about it when it's hard being involved in the community i'm just going to like reap the benefits Mm. really like what what value do i have to the community exactly you know like if i'm reaping the rewards of being involved in the community people putting their time into me as an athlete or a coach uh like i have the responsibility to then like try and get educated on the things that i'm talking about to do my best to relay my opinion or like the ambiguity of my opinion at least and and try and get people to think more about what their opinions are and not just kind of see the things on facebook and be like yeah yeah like people are dancing around in leotards that's what fig wants gymnastic uh, wants parkour to be and it's like i saw that shared a million t- like so many people shared that by the way the like leotard thing and literally it takes two clicks to get to their like rules uh-huh. and it basically the only rule is that you cannot wear clothes with rips in like world championship or olympic events which is like yeah no shit sherlock like <laughs> no like you're not gonna go to like a world championship with like that's just a, like a professionalism thing. And if you don't mm-hmm. agree with that, it's like, uh, you're probably not making a good like picture for parkour in terms of professionalism anyway, but it was right below that. It's yeah. Like, or don't compete. If you really yeah. like, you need the rips in your jeans. <laughs> that's fine. I guess you don't get to compete. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Like ultimately you can't have everything, you know, yeah. I and see right what you're below point. that. Like, it was like, Oh, you can wear like the sweats can't be excessively baggy to where they're dangerous to the athlete, but you can wear like sweatpants, jeans, try like, it, it, like basically it was like, you can do whatever you want. That makes sense. Don't well, and it de- delegitimizes, you know, like, yeah. like you're saying, I mean, there's so much shit like that with like with the me too movement, for example, it's like with the, with some of the women that are coming out with false accusations, you're not helping anybody. You're actually doing a lot of damage to the movement because, you know, or, you know, maybe they, they feel strongly, whatever. I can't, I can't like even name one off the top of my head, but obviously you know what I'm saying. It's just, you're not helping the movement by just jumping on board. If you have something to say, then yeah, then, then say it. But if you, if you're just jumping on the bandwagon, if you're just trying to like amplify that frequency, it might just make it so that everyone just wants to ignore it. They're like, Oh, this isn't legitimate. Or, you know, if it can be so easily like two clicks, you're like, all right, well, yeah, it was like literally now, like go now, to the fig page, click on the parkour. It was three clicks, click on the parkour sub thing and then go to like the rules and regulations. And you just scroll down and it's like a four page. It's not like a 20 page paper. Yeah. Like when I, that's like 
how I felt like reading the Constitution for Park Worth. I'm like, oh my god, there's like seven pages. They're like really dense text with like legal language. That one was like super easy. That's to how read, you know it's legit, pages. bro. <laughs> I know, and it was. <laughs> I was like, this is really impressive. Like, I don't want. Also, I was like, God. Really when it's don't too long for this. me to want to read it, I know it's smart <laughs> shit. I know there's some good stuff in there because I'm a moron. Um, when it comes to, I actually really want to get reading more. Uh, I know that you know. I can hook you up with some good books. Give me some of that books. I, I really appreciate, like you were saying, I really appreciate you bringing this conversation to my attention because I don't think about these things too often, and you know. Yeah, it sucks. It's it's, just it's hard to think about, but I I 100% agree with it. you. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> that it's at least at l- the least we can do is at least try to sort our thoughts out on it. Yeah. You know, and and to do it on the air, like for me, is again like something I'd like to do is. You know, and then I'm probably going to get some heat on occasion or I already maybe yeah. even have, you know, yeah. with with some of the things that come out my mouth. But I'm just trying to figure his shit out. I'm just trying to open up the conversation with all you guys. And I want you guys to all get involved. So yeah. that's and part of in the community. We talk a lot about transparency mm-hmm. and like this is not feigned transparency. Like I definitely, you know, like I feel like I'm going to like I don't want anybody that I've mentioned to feel attacked. Mm. And I feel like maybe, you know, like like for instance like vic and david might not be really happy about uh kind of like me talking about that whole thing publicly like this i think it's important um and people should know it and i also really hope that they don't take that as like an attack or me you know having any animosity towards wfpf because that's i feel like i've i've made it clear that like it's i'm stoked with how it is like i really like victor and david Mm -hmm. uh i'm excited you know like i'm i'm happy that they're that they're still kind of like trying to get get the community in a way that they think is protecting it and i just hope that they stay open to those other voices maybe that are like contradictory you know and but like again you i don't want anybody to feel attacked and like we're probably have said some stuff we're just getting the heat of the moment and it's like oh man i don't even agree with what i said in that moment necessarily (laughs) or like i i agree with like the basic it's phrasing, sloppy, but, or, you know, but it's a little less sloppy, I think, than Facebook. And that's why yeah. I like I like this medium, because at least if you can listen to if you're willing to sit down and listen to a podcast for an hour and a half or whatever, you know, maybe these will even get longer, especially for the topics that are more sensitive. Maybe yeah. it's worth go- going into it for three hours, like a like a full Joe Rogan experience. <laughs> Gosh, you know, please, no, <laughs> please, don't, no. Right. Don't make me talk but about it but almost hours. like I like that the medium itself. And that's like why I like podcasting, why, you know. I don't know. Just part of that is I want people to to embrace nuance more in yeah. their lives and and not constantly be seeking the clicky bait. The It's not black and white. It's not yeah. it, this is it's a polarizing topic, but mm-hmm. there are not two poles that you have to attach yourself to. And I think yeah. that's what we talking like felt like this was important and this is basically all I feel like I can do in this situation. Yeah. And all that I like have the motivation to involve myself in like, I don't really, it's not nothing either. It's not. And uh, hopefully, hopefully the people like, hopefully people will hear this and it reaches like whatever the, the 400 people, maybe that will hear this and share it and actually listen, which would be dope. Maybe they'll, they'll be like, Oh, like I should rethink this. And now I should kind of like take some of these things into consideration and how I approach it. Maybe, maybe it'll change their minds a little bit. Maybe it'll like give them a little bit of a better view on like, Oh, fig and IPF or like whoever I thought was bad. Maybe they're not bad. Like they're just trying to do the best thing. And I feel that way for fig too. Like obviously they're part of this capitalist system, you know, but they're just trying to do what they think is right for gymnastics. And it's like, well, and they have their own motivations too. Yeah. But 
it doesn't when yeah you like it doesn't that, make them it evil gives you, power. you like, have to stand you up to yeah exactly things you, you exactly part of your acknowledge own thing. it <laughs> yeah be like you know? okay they're not a bad person because of this and in fact that's one of the reasons that'll help you grow teeth again yeah. and combat them because you can understand that motivation you're like yeah they want to make money so do I we, should probably we want, want to as well culture. if I want to have yeah. any voice you know this is yeah. a capitalist society like we were saying you might need capital if you really want your voice to be heard yeah if you if you want to go live in the woods and be you know or <laughs> some kind of like purest pure monk. <laughs> like monk yeah or some kind of what is it nomad yeah by all means do it however ultimately you might fall short of having anyone affected by you know the beautiful life that you might be living yeah because your word might not you're reach isolating anybody yourself. you know and it might be it might it might do more good overall to make maybe that one concession and reach the like 10 times more people with 90 percent of the message mm. than to reach that like one person with 100 percent of the message or the 10 people yep. with 100 and and there's gonna be people that disagree for sure you know and, and ultimately do, do it you gotta there a man's to gotta make people. his own way Free country. It's a free country, both baby. Both sides need to be there, and that's the, the most fuck. important thing, yeah. right? Is like for any to find that balance, you can't well, have think, everybody agreeing. I think that's one of the beautiful things about this conversation in particular is like, in a way, we are coming from different sides of of this issue. You know, I don't have any attachment to Woof, WFPF, and I always say Woof Puff, and I feel like it's almost derogatory. <laughs> so I'm like, just to show some respect to you in this conversation, I'm going to say <laughs> WFPF, the full thing. Um, and obviously my affiliations are with apex and in closer with parkour earth and some of the people there, but you know, um, we're both also sort of in a, in a yeah. more neutral position. So I think more cooperation and more conversations like these can result in maybe more constructive action in the future. Talking, or at least hope talking so. with everybody in the community or is never going to hurt. That's if nothing else, thing. someone will, someone will will chime in after listening to this and explain to me what a moron I am and why, yes. and I can change my opinion and become more intelligent on it. Yeah, that'd That's be great. That's the worst case scenario for this, <laughs> basically. Yeah, and maybe like we'll, we're asking questions or we're talking about things that people are working on right now that we have no idea of, and they'll mm -hmm. be able to use this to make it public, and at least we'll know, and maybe a couple other people will know. I, if nothing else, if this inspires some of the people that, you know, like we've talked about that feel like, oh, like my we're not accurately represented by this. It's like, this is what we're talking about right now is like what the most educated people in the community that aren't actively involved in this issue. This is how they see it. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> I've, I've studied this like a decent amount of not, you know, I'm like somewhat been involved. You've somewhat been involved and we're still super confused. So it's like clearly both sides <laughs> need to get their crap together and like do a better job of telling the community why they're involved and like what they want. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so hopefully they do that. That would be awesome. And then it's just like, cool, my hands are clean. I don't, I don't really want anything else to do with this. Please just take it out of my hands, <laughs> make a decision, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm happy to participate along the way, but yeah. I'm not, I, I recognize that I'm not the person to, my to level lead us of into. skill and yeah. passion and determination. <laughs> and motivation. I'm not the guy for, for the politics in, in this domain. I'm just the guy to, God bless to hopefully all of help you talk who about are. it. I appreciate you so much. Yeah. Much love for everyone doing the hard work out there. We out here just chilling at the Maxwell, having a fun <laughs> conversation, drinking tea, pissing out of our dicks. So thank you guys so much. 
Thank you, Max, for coming on. Really, Thanks, I man. appreciate it, man. I really appreciate. It. I'm so stoked that you're here for another few days. Me too, man. And, We're gonna get um, some gnarly training in. You bet, sir. Are you going to Fool's Jam? <sighs> Maybe. I hope so. Probably not. It's hard for me to get away, man. I got to those well, of you who are going hard. to Fool's Jam. I should we'll go see you there. Fool's Ian Jam. Hubble Bowl. Hubble Bowl's coming up. I'm gonna try to make it to both, but I probably will make it to zero of those. Things. <laughs> but I really want to come to more of those events. Um, things can get busy and, and hectic. And uh, I, I've got issues, but At I least also your car is fixed now. My car is fixed. So, hey, I'm more mobile. I can get up to that Missoula. Believe that <laughs> I can get up to Hubble Bubble even. I got to go to Hubble Bubble, dude. I got to get my footage track from Giles. Oh, man. Giles is holding on. By the way, everything from 2015 of me did not come out until <laughs> last year and now this year. So all the best shit I ever dude, did, basically. I can't basically. wait to see that line in Flint. Dude. Like, that was so sick. Oh, my God. Nobody Flint, knows son. about it except the people that were there, too, right. which is the best. The Flint's footage is hashtag Flint footage. And also, <laughs> please share this episode if you guys were moved by it in any way. Um, yeah. And also, if you do share it, like, be one of those people that contributes to the conversation by taking, like, the 20 seconds to write your thoughts out. Don't just be like, cause this is frustrates me to no end. I'll write out like a really thought provoking post or something that I've spent a lot of time. And then it's like shared by 10 people. And I see it and it's like, they just share like the link share blank. And it's like, I'm cool, not mad at that. No actually. One, I don't mind if that happens because but Hey, it's time, a neutral. Like, it's that neutral. It's dude, like, it's make your own opinion on it. Add, I appreciate it. I know opinion. what you're saying. Add your opinion. Even if your opinion is just like, wow, this raised some thought provoking points. Like now those extra two people that want to find out about it, They'll just be like, oh, it wasn't Max and Brandon just talking crap while drinking tea in the Maxwell. It's like there was some legit stuff going on. Yeah. Like take the time if you care, like take the time to actually care. Don't just social media care. I think that's the thing. Treat treat everybody like you were a real person. Like give it give it give it the five seconds of like real human interaction that yeah, you can't if really. you care about it. You know? <laughs> you're trying to be you're an idealist now, bro. <laughs> I am an idealist. You can't be asking for that shit, dude. No one gives a fuck about social media, man. <laughs> I do, man. I take so much time. <laughs> every time I post, twenty like, seconds, oh, man, man. You get twenty seconds of my thoughts, dude. I take like ten minutes to write out. This is also why I don't post that much, dude. Though. This is actually, I'm actually the same way. This is why I, I, I struggle to be on social media because I'm you like, get, why am I going involved, to put yeah. so much effort into something that just <laughs> explodes into the ether? But if everybody puts effort into it, then it's meaningful. We can actually create think that meaning. I don't know though. I think that yes, but also Just maybe Facebook's not the podcast. place for it. Yeah, true. maybe Facebook's the wrong place to put your effort. Maybe Instagram's the that's wrong why place you should comment on the podcast. Yeah, comment on the podcast. I got you, bro. Come on the podcast. Actually, call the hotline. Is there a hotline? I dude, I played it oh, in the la- last episode. We had a hotline caller. <laughs> dude, that's what I'm saying. That's I'm taking it old school, baby. Fuck your comments. <laughs> I want those hotline calls. We can hear the intonation in your voice. That hotline bling. Yeah, we had a hot co- we had a hotline caller. It was a really cool thing. And all oh, I did was just kind of awesome. listen to it on air and kind of just chop it up, like discuss it almost like it was a conversation, like along yeah. the way. It was really fun. So Sick. if you guys have good thoughts, you won't just be um, you'll literally be part of the conversation because we can we can maybe have another part of this podcast where. All of you, anyone who calls in, we'll discuss all the hotline calls. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, here. I don't know like, if you're down with that. I'm here till Friday, so if you if it's out on Tuesday, we can do that Jeez. on like Thursday or Wednesday. We could. Actually, I'm here till we- Thursday, so get it in by Wednesday. So call the hotline. That'd be a really good thing to do for this conversation. And uh, much love for all you guys listening. For real. Yeah. Thanks for listening to our rambling. <laughs> all right, we out. Three, two, one. Peace. Peace.
All right, gang. Thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate every one of you guys out there that that takes part in in just listening to the episodes. You know, if you guys find something valuable, if you like what you're hearing, if it makes you think and it makes you laugh, or, or one or the other or both, please, you know, if you if you like it and you want to help support the podcast, what you can do is first of all listen, subscribe. If you listen to podcasts, you know the drill. Like you, you leaving those big five star reviews on iTunes. That's like the really biggest thing you could do to help it grow and also just spreading the word you know telling your friends and family and whoever else you think might also enjoy these episodes letting them know as the viewership grows the the podcast gains momentum and really really appreciate all that stuff you know i i uh i sometimes have people come up to me and tell me that they they really enjoyed something and it really does mean a lot so thank you guys for listening and also participating and and getting back at me with with the discussion you know calling the hotline whatever um, it really means a lot to know that you, some of you guys out there are really enjoying these episodes. So appreciate it. Appreciate you out here and, uh, much love, much love. Uh, thanks again to our sponsors on it. Uh, if you guys want to use the on it link in the bio there in the description, then you will be able to get 10% off all supplements, um, with the code, get on it, but also use that link. Don't just use the code. I mean, you can use the code, but then then the podcast doesn't like know that we're linked to you and uh or excuse me on it doesn't know that you're linked to us and um and they're good supplements straight up like they're they're really good and uh i use them often uh i do like usually a month on a month off of of on it supplements just because i can't really i don't really like want to justify paying for them every month but also I think it's kind of nice to give my body a little bit of reset and kind of like discover what which ones are working better and which ones are maybe, you know, I can skip next time or or at least I'd like know, oh, they have this effect on me, you know, and uh, if I have that ailment again, you know, my joints are hurting, I get a little bit of that joint oil. The joint oil really worked for me. I really like the joint oil that they have. That's a new product of theirs. Um, and I don't have it right now. I haven't been using it for the podcast. So, man, when I get that alpha brain again, just wait till these things get, they look to take a next level, baby. My brains, all those neurons firing for the next few episodes. Once I get my next order, damn son, you'll, you'll see the difference. Um, you know, uh, and then Merm Life, of course, 50% off all tops right now. There's a sale going on. We're just trying to liquidate all our tops. And, um, I got a special announcement for all you special people that listened this far into the episode and you're listening to the ads. You people that listen to the ads, you're the real heroes out there. You're doing all the work. You're following me all the way through. Um, I appreciate that. So if you guys like Merm Life gear, if you like anything to do with Merm, then we've just bumped up our Height Drop promo podcast link. Um, from now on, it is not a measly 20% off the entire store. It is a whopping, a whopping half off all of the the entirety of mermlife.com. So that's a ridiculous discount to give out. Um, and I'm happy to do it because I, I love you guys and I love that, you know, some people are listening. So I hope you guys enjoy that. There's some delicious socks basically is the only other thing that you can really get that's not a top. So basically what that discount is doing is offering you 50% off all of our socks. And um, they're really dope. They're really dope socks. I really wish... Um, people uh discover them i feel like they they're actually like some of my favorite socks i've ever owned so if you guys want to check them out by all means go to mermlife.com and do that call the hotline the height drop hotline is 720 excuse me fuck 
the the call the hydra hotline at 7209 why can i not read oh my god hydra hotline 7202957537 i need some of that alpha brain for sure and check out all the links in the description for our guests you know max's book and his instagram and anything you guys want to see don't forget to get at us please and thank you much love out there we'll see you next week on high drop